Good morning. I don't know what happened to my recording from last week because I thought I did Bible every day, but I only wrote four of them down. Anyway, it is Monday, January 24th. It's four days away from my only daughter's birthday. And we started this trip, our big cross-country trip, celebrating her birthday. And now we're ending the trip. It's already ended. Celebrating her birthday. I know, it's actually shifted a few months because we, we started that big trip in the end of November. And really, we, we stopped our trip in the end of December. So it was a 13-month journey, but it still felt like her birthday was kind of a landmark. And with Victory right smack in the middle because he's six months old. Six months old. And uh, we thank you, Jesus, for all the things that you've done for us. God, we are so grateful for how you speak to us. God spoke to me yesterday, and he said, there's still hope for the world. That's what he told me. So I thank you, Jesus, that you do. You do talk to us, and you send us important things to know and to build our spirits and to worship you. Hope you're... Hope you need to do a better job listening. It's going to break them. Luke, sit down and buckle. Okay. So, yeah, God, we, we worship you, and we're going to worship you through your psalms. Yes. Yes, go. We worship a quiet one. You through um, learning through your word and the reading of your word. God, I ask that you would. learning from you. What? sources of learning from you. He threw Mommy. torches of learning at us. Mommy. Torches of death. Of God so we can learn. Yes, very good. What? Um, I'm going to study if I could get tomorrow. Okay. Um, now I hope what we're going to do is I hope that we're going to practice good listening. Because I was praying, and although you had something good to add, you you didn't raise your hand. Okay? Yeah. So we're going to try good listening. Yes, Hope. <coughs> I hope God be good and peaceful all the time in, in this world. Amen. That was a good prayer. Okay. Um, me, me. January is a month of new beginnings. And I don't want we have had a month of new beginnings. Don't want that one. That's for Luke. Can you give it to Luke? I only want right. one. Right. It was is. nice that you were generous. Are we able somehow to pay attention? <laughs> yeah. You think I so? I want some one that is sour. Here you go. I want sour. All right. If if money and toys are a distraction, we're not going to have them. I'm listening. I'm listening. You guys were not just now listening. But we are now. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's just have a moment where we listen to the Holy Spirit and ask Him what He wants us to pray for. And the first thing that comes to my brain is pray for the puppies. So, Jesus, we we bless those puppies in Jesus' name, that their bodies will be strong that they'll grow and thrive and not one more would be lost. 
Jesus, I thank you and I bless their owners that they would come to know you better. That they would come to love and adore you, Jesus. That they would worship you in their whole hearts. God, that they would lift you up in spirit and truth. I thank you, Jesus, for them. What are you guys here? Okay, go ahead and pray for the world. That's a good one. Dear God, please help the world in the trouble time that's happening and help us get rid of the virus and uh, help the most and stuff so they don't die at the end time. Uh, Amen. It was exceptional. Very good. Who else? Yes, Kate. Me. You can go. Okay. Kate said you could go first. That was gentlemen. please help me have back of ones that are just the same amount as my money. Amen. Amen. Okay. Kate, you want to go? Okay. Dear God, thank you for the, this world, this beautiful world that we live in. And everything. I love my back of ones. I will love you forever. Can you give me one? Amen. That was really good. Okay, Luke, your turn. Dear God, please help me. I don't fall on. You say, Dear Jesus, help me love you. Are you done? That was a good prayer, Luke. Okay, let's start. We're going to start in Psalms 23. Thank you, Jesus. I ask that you open our ears to understanding your truth. God, we pray for our family and friends. We pray healing on them. You know who I have in my, in my heart. And um, our community, God, that we would be used by you, that they would be used by you, that you would bless their home. God, that you would, um, yeah, you would strengthen them, that you would answer them, that they would be able to hear you. Um, Lord God, I pray for the generations coming down from the Coopers. I pray for their lineage, Jesus, that they would adhere to your word, that they would stick to you like glue, closer than glue, that they would be, uh, you know, even just part of your woven fabric, God, that they would not stray from you. Holy Spirit, we bless them. I break right now. I break in the name of Jesus every assignment the enemy has on this family and its lineage. Um, every reader, we say the same blessing over them. Um, every listener, rather, the same blessing over them. God, we break the power of the enemy. We call down fire from heaven. We ask for your protection, Lord Jesus, and in, in, um, we uphold you, God. Help us. Search us and know us, God. Help us to be truthful and honest before you. Um, in Jesus' name, we also bless Daddy and his work. Lord God, um, I ask that you would open the keys of knowledge for him, that you would give him um, access to, to favor for men in work and um, favor especially 
from you, God. Help him to lead our family. Help me to lead our family with, um, with patience. With patience, God, and with loving kindness. Help my children to obey. And Lord Jesus, would you help them become best friends with each other? God, that they would um, see each other as you, as in the purpose that you set them. You've appointed them a purpose in each other's lives. And Lord Jesus, I ask that you open that to them. I ask that you speak, God, your identity over them so that they know who you made them to be, how they operate in this world. And God, that they would love themselves, Jesus. I pray that you would help my children to love themselves and to know your goodness. And that will help them to love the people around them. God, give them patience. I ask that our family would just um, show the fruits of your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Psalm 23, Proverbs 6, 16, Revelation 11, 20, Jeremiah 7, 36. That's where we're starting. This is episode four. Excuse me. Don't take his. Did you take his? Well, Give it right back. Give it right back. Those are his. <gasps> this is epi- season four, episode 27. Uh, so that and that was not his. He has three that he bought. So what are you saying? Yes, you guys both stole them from him? No, we did not. Well, he, he had three sitting in front of him, didn't he? Well, he gave me one. Okay, he's sharing. Cade, are you going to share it? Well, one. He already has back and gone. Don't argue. Just tell me whether or not you're going to give him his his ball. Is that his? No. Whose is it? It's Micah's. Okay. Do you own any? Actually, no. You don't have yet? Yes, I do. Where is it? Somewhere in the house. Are you sad that you don't have yours? No. Okay. Why do you think you get to steal Luke's? I wasn't. I was gonna we, give it to He's Mike. gonna have it. You sound angry though that I told you to give what daddy gave to Luke. Daddy gave it to Luke, and you sound mad that I told you to give it back to him when you stole it. Sorry, Luke. I want that. I want that. Okay. No. Alright, are you guys gonna listen now? Am I able to start? Yep. Yeah. No more stealing toys? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff... They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever than ever. Yes. What does dwell mean? Dwell, like live. Oh. We dwell in this house. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let me just tell you how... Wait, we know it's not to dwell because we only rented. He, let me tell you how the Hebrew language uses parts of the body to express personality, emotions, and thinking. Hebrew 
does not always allude to the same organs as English, the English language to express these functions. Um, a verbatim, an exact translation of these terms would be, they wouldn't make sense in English. And even the most literal of translations must resort to paraphrasing to communicate the intended point. So um, I'll give you some examples. The word leb in Hebrew, which usually translates to heart, can be used to refer to your physical heart in your body, in your chest, or it could mean different aspects of your personality. Leb indicates the seat of some emotions like fear, lament, regret, joy, comfort, love, anger, and more. It can also refer to a way of thinking, like the equivalent of the mind. So in Hebrew, when the original text said leb, the translators of that Hebrew had to, um, they had to translate and paraphrase. Hebrew words for breath, ruah, neshama, can refer to a person's inner being. Thus, they're translated in English as spirit or soul. But an individual's ruah may also experience emotional reactions and exhibit a particular behavior like uh, stubbornness. There are several Hebrew words for the neck or the throat. Garan or nefesh. Nefesh, I could be saying that completely wrong. The throat is the means by which a person breathes, eats, and speaks and takes in life. Therefore, nefesh, although it means throat, usually is translated into the word life, soul, or person. Yes, hold. Uh, that was very nice. Thank you. So these words, neck or throat, are often used to express your inner character. The neck or the throat can be deceitful. It can display arrogance. It can be determined or stubborn or praise God. Nefesh can be bitter or hot-tempered. The hot-tempered man is like the anger ma angry man. So the neck displays precious metals and jewels okay. as well as the yoke of slavery. Because back in those days, if you were a slave, you might have something tied around your neck so you wouldn't escape. So the neck or the throat could be said to display what a person deems valuable as well as the consequence of sin. If you sin, you might have God refer to it as uh, shackles on your neck. But if God rewards you, he might say you have a necklace of jewels on your neck, right? There's another example. There's a word for the stomach or the womb, and it can also indicate the seat of emotions like excitement or arousal and other organs um, that the Hebrew uses this way are the liver, the intestines, or the kidneys. So in verse 16, which, which I'm about to read to you, it says, there are seven things detestable to the Lord's nefesh. It means his very being. And then in verse 30, which I may not read today, it says, men do not despise a thief who steals to fill his nefesh, his throat or his hunger. But verse 32 claims an adulterer destroys his own nefesh, his life or soul. 
verse 14 points out the individual who plots evil has perversity in his leg, his heart or his mind. So I want you to point to your heart and your mind. Yes, that's your leb. Can I stop now? Yeah. And 32 asserts that the adulterer lacks leb. That means like good sense, good thinking, good emotions. If, if you're an adulterer, you lack that. The teachings of the Hebrew sages are couched in terms sometimes that are strange to us. But when we understand them on their own terms, they do create this really compelling picture of a human as a bundle of physical, emotional, and spiritual capacities and needs. A man, woman, boy, or girl is a combination of both body and soul and spirit. The emotion and the thinking aspect of life cannot be separated from the nature of the whole person. Did, was that interesting to you guys? Yeah. It was interesting. I didn't really get it, but yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's telling you that there are Hebrew words that the translator had to translate, and that you're more than just your body parts. Well, of course, I am. I'm God's human. You're God's human, and you're made God's in His image. Also, God's what? Servant. Servant. Good. And also, God's. We have to do what he says, but also he gives us good things. Yeah. He also gives us the option. You can choose yes. to do what he wants, or you can choose to not do what he wants. True. Does. Yeah, you have the will to obey or disobey. That's right. All right. Or, or listen, or not listen, or do listen, or both. And in Jesus' name, help us to be an obedient people. Can you not crash that? while we're doing Bible. Okay. So we just read about um, the Hebrew words that might be used in this little passage. And so I want you to listen to them because I'm going to tell it to you in English. Don't crash that. You just said you would not. Okay. There are six things the Lord hates. I want you to hold up six fingers. Seven that are detestable to him. Stick one more finger up. Seven. Okay, we're going to count down. Haughty eyes. Haughty eyes. Good repeating. A lying tongue. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. You got, both, both of you are doing a great job repeating. A false witness, false witness, who pours out lies. Very good. And a man, who stirs up dissension among brothers. Very good. Excellent. Okay, so hold up seven fingers again, and I'm going to tell you again what the Lord hates. I'm just going to tell you in my own words. Pride. Pride. Lies. Lies. Murder, Murder. wickedness, Wickedness. evil, Evil. lies, and a troublemaker. Very good. So, Lord Jesus, keep us from that. God, would you help us to not do those things in Jesus' name? That was Proverbs 6, 16 through... 
19. Are you guys ever tempted to do those things? Well, not really, but it's cool. Are you, are you ever tempted to be proud? Yeah. Sometimes. Raise your hand if you're ever tempted to lie. Raise your hand if you're ever tempted to murder, if you ever think about it. Yeah? Raise your hand if you ever think about doing something wicked. Raise your hand if you have feet that want to do wrong things sometimes. Raise your hand if you... Do you think... Want to do good things. Do you think my feet falling off a cliff on purpose is bad? Yeah. Okay. Raise your hand if you... Um, sometimes if you're tempted to... To do something evil. To rush into doing something evil without thinking first. No. Uh, okay. And raise up your hands if, you, if you're ever tempted to cause a fight. No. I, mean, I think in your life, if you're truthful, most of the things you might be tempted by at some point or another. Um, hand up. The important thing I'm is that you ask God. God for help. I'm tempted by Moski. Oh, okay. So, let me tell you that what you want to do is... I need to go poop. She's not. What you want to do is you want to ask Mommy, God for help. I Listen, you're poop. not listening. You want to ask God for help to, to not give in to those temptations. All right. You gotta go after Luke. Wait. Revelation. What are the three things we learn in Revelation? One. <gasps> you got it. Good. Two. God is in control. Very good. Two. Jesus. Where we come? We'll return. Good. And three. Sin. Salvation. Is for all. It's for all. Who receive it? Who receive it? Very good. Okay. Eventually, you guys will know that. We heard about uh, in Revelation. We heard about Jesus and the seven churches, the throne, the scroll, and the Lamb, like the, the seven seals, the, bible, the seven the trumpets, mm -hmm. the big. Now we're going to hear about the big conflict with Satan. You want to hear about that? Yeah. I'll, I'll check it out today. Okay. A great, this is the woman and the dragon. A great and wondrous sign. It's Revelation 12. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun. With the moon okay, under her out. feet. What, Loki? Come here. Come to me. What? Eat that and take it. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Okay, can you guys picture this woman? No. Somebody wearing the sun? It would hurt to look at her. She, she was standing on the moon. The moon was under her feet. And there were twelve stars on her head in a crown. Can you picture that? Nope. Nope. And she was pregnant, so she had a big belly. And she's screaming in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous, enormous red dragon. 
with seven heads. Can you picture a dragon with seven heads? Uh-huh. He's red, and he has ten horns, and he's got seven crowns on his heads. So is he like a unicorn? Mm-hmm. I don't think he's like a unicorn. His tail... A unicorn that has seven heads and seven crowns. He's a dragon. His tail... He took his tail and he swished his tail in the sky. He swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. So these are basically fireballs he sent to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. Is that Satan? Yeah. He he is a dragon. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule over all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. And there was a war in heaven. So here's a war. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon, this is Satan. The great dragon was hurled down that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. I caught the the whole of doom. So do you understand? He was trying to eat this woman's child. God kept her safe and he saved the child. And then there was this huge war between Michael, which is an archangel, an important angel. We hear his name a few times. Why did he take care of the baby? And one of the angels in charge. Mama, why did he keep care of the baby? God loved the baby. He took care of the baby. What? Why? I didn't know they were ranked. God well, I would say that they're an important angel if God mentioned their name. Why God not take baby? He took care of the baby. Okay? Oh. Now here's what happens. This is like awesome. He's taking care of our baby. This is what happened. Here's what happened. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, This is John, the revelator. He's the prophet that saw this vision. And he heard this. Now I have come... Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers, who accuses them before God day and night, has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, that's Jesus, and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. You know, because he's talking about the martyrs, right? And he's talking about just people that didn't have to die, but people that were willing to die for Christ. Therefore rejoice, you heavens and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had, been, who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given, do you think she gets away or not? No. Well, I don't know. I've never read that part. You've listened to it. Kay, do you think this woman gets away? Now the, the big dragon's going after her. Do you think she's going to get away? No. 
the woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the desert where she would be taken care of for a time, times and and half a time time out of the serpent's reach. That's right, Micah. Then from his mouth, the serpent spewed water like a river. I'll look it up in a minute. To overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. But, does he get her now? Nope. The woman, the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Who commanded the earth to open and swallow the river? The earth. God. The earth does not have the ability to command itself. I have. God commanded the earth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. So that Satan was really mad. He got angrier because he didn't um, devour this woman. He didn't defeat her. So uh, Revelation 12... Let me go back. Revelation 12, time and times. It's in verse 14. 14. Let's go back to David 725. That's the reference. 725. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change the set times and the laws. The the saints will be handed over to him for time, times, and half a time. So David speaks about this. Oh, no, Daniel speaks. Oh, so interesting. Wait. I am in. Somebody take this disciple. This is. Daniel. Daniel um, is given this. Daniel is given the same vision, or he's told by God the same thing. And he says also that the saints will be handed over to him for time, times, and half a time. And if we look at this reference here, we were in Daniel 25. Um, let me see. Daniel. Daniel 7, verse 25, uses the same language, 725. Time, times, or half a time. Okay, this is verse 25. It says, or for a year, two years, and a half a year. That's what it says. A year, two years, and half a year. So a time of a year? That's what it says here. But, you know, I think this is why where the scholars, like, have fights about this. They have fights about what it means. Okay, now let me go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 7, 36. Okay, where is Jeremiah standing? 
Do you remember? He was standing at the gate. Like in the temple, right? Okay, there's no Jeremiah 7.36. Just like there was no Revelation 11, whatever I said before. We're going to be in Jeremiah 8. What do we learn in Jeremiah? Who remembers? We learn in Jeremiah that God is powerful and the most godly God is that I will live for God. We learn about repentance, repentance. judgment, judgment. And, and restoration. Very good. Good, Kate. Hey, you guys. Kate is my only person with victory where they belong. Good job, Cade. All right. We heard about Jeremiah's call, warnings and exhortations to Judah. And then we're still in that period of time where we're hearing warnings to Judah. So we're going to start in um, chapter 8 today. We heard about unfaithful Israel. We heard about what would happen. Disaster from the north. War. Not one of the people in Israel was upright in Judah. We heard about Jerusalem getting attacked. And that God said the people of Benjamin should flee. We heard about false religions being worthless, that there's no idol that can speak to you or help you. We heard about the valley of slaughter, how awful. Um, and now we're going to hear about sin and punishment. So I know this is, this is hard to read and hard to listen to. But God, give us understanding. Lord Jesus, help us understand. At that time, declares the Lord, the bones of the kings and officials of Judah, the bones of the priests and prophets, and the bones of the people of Jerusalem will be removed from the graves. Do you guys realize what an atrocity that is? When people bury their dead, they're honoring them. They're, they're getting closure. They're taking. This is the final act that you can do to take care of somebody you love. And what happened is all these important people that um, the people that were still alive cared for, they were going to be disrespected. It's a major offense. That's what's going to happen. And the Bible said they would be exposed to the sun and the moon and all the stars of heaven, which they have loved and served, and which they have followed and consulted and worshipped. Why would we ever worship the stars and the moon? Because we're stupid. It's a false god, right? They will not be gathered up or buried but will be like refuse, that's like trash, lying on the ground. Wherever I banish them, all the survivals, survivors of this evil nation will prefer death to life, declares the Lord Almighty. That is like spirit of suicide, that they would want to die rather than live. That's awful. Okay, so sin and punishment. Say to them, this is what the Lord says. By the way, I have two children, three children that are obeying me. And it's only Micah, Cade, and Victory. And I have two children not obeying me. Hope and Luke. You need to fix it. Thank you. When men fall down, do they not get up? When a man turns away, does he not return? Why then have these people turned away? Why does Jerusalem always turn away? This is God being sad. They cling to deceit. That means that they're like clinging to lies. 
They cling to deceit. They refuse to return. I have listened attentively, but they do not say what is right. No one repents of his wickedness, saying, what have I done? Each pursues his own course like a horse charging into battle. Even the stork in the sky knows her appointed seasons, and the dove, the swift, and the thrush observe the time of their migration. But my people do not know the requirements of the Lord. Will you please sit in your own seat? Sit in your own seat. Thank you. Go back. Okay, so you know what the Lord is saying? Even the birds are better than man in that time. Does that make sense to you? He's like, what an abomination. This is what the Lord is thinking. What a sorrow to my heart. Because even the birds are better than my children. That is what God is saying. How can you say we are wise for we have the law of the Lord? When actually the lying pens of the scribes has handled it falsely. Do you know what, how horrible that is? When the people writing down the word of the Lord were telling lies, that's what the Lord said. They handled it falsely. Verse 9, the wise will be put to shame. They will be dismayed and trapped. Because what happens to somebody who tries to set a trap? What happens to them? They'll get trapped. They get trapped. That's right. Since they have rejected the word of the Lord, what kind of wisdom do they have? You can't be wise if you reject what God says. Hey, I've got Micah, Cade, and Hope, and Victory all in the right spot. That is super. That is so good. But Luke needs to get in the right spot. Maybe he'll fix it. Otherwise, he's going to go to timeout. Therefore, I will give their wives to other men and their fields to new owners. What happened? What would happen if Daddy didn't obey the Lord and I had to go to somebody else's family? That's what the Lord is saying. It would be terrible, wouldn't it? Yeah. And, and the things that Daddy owned, it would go to somebody else. That would be a shame, wouldn't it? That's what's happening to these people that deal falsely with God's word. From the least to the greatest, they are greedy for gain. All are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. So the God is saying, oh man, these were my best people. And all they're doing is lying. It's horrible. They're greedy. Do you understand what's happened? They're no longer generous. And they're lying. And this is why God is sad. Verse 11, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. So God is saying, it's like the people had lost their arm, like their arm was cut off. And God's most important people that are supposed to know God the most, they just like poured, they just like smacked a band-aid on there, but they didn't care. They didn't really see that the arm was broken and fallen off. They didn't try to repair the arm. They didn't really care. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Daddy, would you put Luke to time out? Are they ashamed of their loathsome conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when they are punished, says the Lord. I will take their har- away their harvest, declares the Lord. There will be no grapes on the vine. There will be no figs on the tree and their leaves will wither. What I have given them will be taken from them. So do you understand what happened? It's like if you were a farmer, like in your garden outside, 
you know, all the succulents that you planted? Yeah. And you work every day to water and care for them? It would be like God saying, all that's going to die, right? I work every day. You do. You do a good job taking care of them. Why are we sitting here gathered together? Let us flee to the fortified cities and perish there. This is what the people are saying. For the Lord our God has doomed us to perish and given us poison water to drink because we've sinned against him. We hoped for peace, but no good has come for a time of healing. But there was only terror. The snorting of the enemy's horses is heard from Dan. At the neighboring, at the neighing of their stallions, the whole land trembles. They have come to devour the land and everything in it, the city and all who live there. And see, you know what God is saying about the people? Like, you guys didn't repent. You were proud. And the people are saying, well, God won't help us. Instead, we've got to run away. you got to get off me, Hope. I can't see. Thank you. Do you know that's like if you don't know the character of God? Instead of repenting, you just go, oh, he's angry. You know, nothing's going to happen now. It's like they forgot who God was. And if they got on their faces and they said, sorry, God, I'm sorry. Help us. Help us. We've sinned. Do you know what he would have done? Yeah. He would have taken them back, right? But they forgot who he was. See, I will send venomous snakes among you, vipers that cannot be charmed. <laughs> Do you ever hear of a snake charmer? No. No. A well, snake charmer is somebody that no. thinks that they can control a snake. So that's what God is saying. There's a viper, Why? a snake that can't be charmed. Like, how does he even look? I don't even know. He said... So God said, they will bite you, declares the Lord. Snakes are usually, they represent Satan. Oh, my comforter and sorrow. My heart is faint within me. Listen to the cry of my people from a land far away. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king no longer there? Why have they provoked me to anger with their images, with their worthless foreign idols? How does God feel about idols? It provokes him to anger. You're right. What, Kate? Can I get some water? Yes. Cold. The harvest is past. The summer has ended and we are not saved. Since my people are crushed, I am crushed. I mourn and horror grips me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound? Of my people. Let me tell you about the balm of Gilead. Um, it is, we're in Jeremiah 8, verse 22. 8:22 In Jeremiah 30, 12. Let's see what this is. 30, 12. He says, this is what the Lord says. Your wound is incurable. Your injury beyond healing. Um, I thought they talked about the balm of Gilead. Stay dead. The balm of Gilead. Let me look this up for you. Ow! I should step on my feet. You think it's funny, baby? Search the web. Balm of Gilead. Balm of Gilead was a rare perfume used as medicine. It was mentioned in the Hebrew Bible. It was named for the region of Gilead where it was produced. 
the expression comes from um, the Bible and has been signified of a cure. The tree or shrub producing the balm is the Comifora gileadensis. But some scholars think that it was a terebinth tree of the pistachia. Like a pistachio. That's a lot better. Um, Mommy. Jericho believed... Mommy. Hold on. To be the only spot where the true balsam grew. And even there, its culture was confined in two gardens. What are you fighting over? Yes, Hope. He wants to hit his hand. Uh, I think, I think Luke is back a ball in like a special box. I wonder if it's the same thing as myrrh. On the middle. Balm was one of the commodities which Hebrew merchants carried to the market of Tyre. According to 1 Kings 10.10, balsam was among the many precious gifts of the Queen of Sheba to King Solomon. Later in Jewish history, Jericho was believed to be the only spot where the true balsam grew. Hope, listen. You have yogurt on your shirt. Yeah, Queen of Sheba brought the root of the balsam to King Solomon. Pompeii, by Pompeii, it was exhibited in the streets of Rome as one of the spoils of the newly conquered province. And one of the wonderful trees graced the triumph of the Vespian in 79 CE. During the invasion of Titus, two battles took place at the balsam groves of Jericho. The last battle was to prevent the Jews in their despairing frenzy from destroying the trees. Then they became public property and were placed under the protection of the Imperial Guard. But history does not record how long the two plantations um, survived. According to Pliny, the balsam tree was indigenous to Judea, but known to Diodorus Siculus is a product of Arabia. You know, I don't know how much of this is true when you look in um, Wikipedia. I don't know. The Christian rite of confirmation is conferred through the anointing of, with chrism, a blend of olive oil and balsam. Balm seems to be used everywhere for chrism, at least from the 6th century. Mm. At present, the tree Comifora gileadensis grows wildly in the valley of Mecca, where it's called Bishem. And many um, species are found there, some in Somalia and some in Yemen. But it means healing. So the Hebrew root means run, blood, bleed. Many attempts have been made to identify the sorry, T-S-O-R-I, like a pine resin. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but that is the best description I could give you. Can I be done? Yeah, I just thought that you might find that interesting. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Okay, can I read? Can you read what? 
you can read. 